Hello, welcome to the podcast. I invite you to follow along as we seek to build a firm foundation. Let's walk together as we grow our faith with every step. So let's begin in prayer. Lord God, thank you for the reassurance that you see us and that you always have and continue to see us. Help us to know that we're not invisible to you or overlooked by you, that you see us through eyes of love and compassion, and that you see all of our fears and brokenness as well as our hopes and dreams. And comfort us with the knowledge that even in our darkest times, you are our light. In Jesus' name, amen. This episode is entitled, A God Who Sees You and Is Always With You. And friends, if you feel abandoned or lonely, if you feel like no one cares or is there for you, if you're grieving or you feel like there's no hope, or if you're just going through some hard times, know that God is a God who sees you. He cares for you so much, you're never alone. Listen for him and he will lead you. When you feel like the world has deserted you or on nights when you cry yourself to sleep and we've all done it, none of us are strong all the time. He sees you in your brokenness and he sees you alone in your wilderness. He sees you during times of struggle and hardship and problems. He sees you during times when maybe you just have so many questions. This past, well, over a year now, has been, at best, challenging for every single one of us. Some of us have endured hardship and have even experienced loss. We're all in the midst of something that we didn't even ask for. But God hasn't been absent through the pandemic. In fact, He's never far from us. Psalm 145.18 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him. So don't forget him in all your struggles. Remember that he sees you and you can call on him. And know that it isn't all for nothing. He will give your struggles purpose. The uncertainty of the wilderness that we end up in at times creates a need for God and allows you to rely on him. It teaches you patience and endurance, and this is just the place that he will reveal himself to you. And sometimes this is the place where he reveals your own self to you also, and possibly even humbles you. I know I've felt humbled many times through my struggles. And the Bible tells us in Romans that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. So your trials will never be for nothing. In your wilderness, this is where he prepares you for the things he has planned for you. There's a portion of scripture in Job, Job 23, 10 through 12, that's a perfect example of how we should trust God and even through our struggles, never lose our faith. I think Job never doubted who God was or his power, but he did become very angry with God and had to work through a lot to keep the faith. So I'm going to start with verse 11 and 12 first and then go back to verse 10. Uh, so verses 11 and 12 read, 
My feet have closely followed his steps. I have kept to his way without turning aside. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. Now these are the words of a man who was faithful to God when he had much. Faithful when much was taken. But at his lowest point, when he had gone through pretty much everything you can imagine, he had so many times of doubt and times of questioning God. And yet, once he came through all of it, he still remained faithful to God. So back to just previous to verse 10, he's talking about not being able to see God. That if he only knew where to find him, he would be able to talk to him and understand why these things were happening. And then the first part of verse 10 says, But he knows the way I take. This means that he knows that God is with him and that God knows his heart. And the second part of verse 10 says, When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. Now with gold, the application of fire separates and removes all the impurities and leaves just the pure, precious metal. And it doesn't harm the gold, but actually makes it more beautiful. And so it is the same with our trials. When we walk through our fires, we can be refined just as gold and be made pure so God can use us. And we don't have to fear the fire. Remember a verse I quoted in the last episode, Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through fire, you will not be burned. So hopefully during these times in the past months, we've learned some things, things that can serve to help us to maybe be more tolerant of those who don't think exactly the same way as we do and maybe be a little more obedient to what God expects of us, even obeying those in authority. And yes, he does tell us to do that. And maybe even being a little more thankful for the things we do have instead of concerning ourselves so much with the things we don't have. And surely, as we come out on the other side of all this, more refined, like gold, we'll have gained some of the fruits of the Spirit also. And those are, if you don't know already, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And as we're refined and we learn to be one in mind with Christ, these fruits will be added to us, the fruits of the Spirit. They're the attributes of a Christian, what our true character should be. And Jesus told us in Matthew seven sixteen, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So whatever you're in the midst of now or whenever trials come, just hold on and hang in there. God sees you and he will be faithful to you in whatever wilderness you're in. In Deuteronomy, it says the Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you. And in the next verse, it says, in the wilderness, there you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son. And that actually reminds me of a poem of sorts 
one that many of us know and love, and a beautiful word picture of just what I'm speaking about, how God is there through all of it and sees us. It's called, of course, Footprints in the Sand, and I'm sure most of us know it or have at least heard it, but let me remind you. One night, a man had a dream. He dreamed he was walking along the beach with the Lord. Across the sky flashed scenes from his life. For each scene, he noticed two sets of footprints in the sand. One belonged to him and the other to the Lord. When the last scene of his life flashed before him, he looked back at the footprints in the sand. He noticed that many times along the path of his life, there was only one set of footprints. He also noticed that it happened at the very lowest and saddest times in his life. This really bothered him, and he questioned the Lord about it. Lord, you said that once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I've noticed that during the most troublesome times in my life, there's only one set of footprints. I don't understand why when I needed you most, you would leave me. The Lord replied, My precious, precious child, I love you and would never leave you. During your times of trial and suffering, when you see only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. And these are not empty words. They're beautiful words, full of promise, taken right from the Bible. Isaiah 46.4 says, Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. God does see you. He sees you exactly where you are. And during times of deepest need, he's there and he'll lift you up and he'll hold you there. There's a story in Genesis of a slave woman named Hagar. Hagar was put out alone into the wilderness in the desert with child and dying of thirst. After being forced to sleep with the husband of the woman she was servant to, who was barren. And her pregnancy, Hagar's pregnancy, was the source of strife between the two women. The Bible says Hagar began to despise her mistress. I can imagine she probably became a little prideful and arrogant. And because of this, her mistress mistreated her horribly. Surely jealousy played a role. So Hagar fled, but there in the wilderness, God sees her and he comes with a blessing and he comes to guide her. The Bible says he found her and he didn't really have to look for her. Of course, he knew where she was, but using this particular word portrays God seeking her out, which is so personal. And he calls her by name, which is quite relevant. As we read Hagar's story, we see her referred to as your servant or my servant, but never by name. And the very first word out of the Lord's mouth is Hagar. Again, so personal. And I feel like she would feel such worth just from the simple act of being called by her name. And God asks her where she came from. And in talking with her, he tells her to go back back to being a slave. He didn't promise her a quick fix, but what he did promise her was descendants too numerous to count and that they would become a great nation. And he tells her she would have a son and what to name him, Ishmael, which means God hears. 
So the one who is low and a foreigner in the land, a slave with no power and no voice, is told to name her son God Hears. And God told her that her son would be an ass of a man. To us that sounds bad, but to her at that time it would have meant that he would be unbridled and not a slave and oppressed like her. And this brought her hope of a future. And her response to all of this was unusual in a way. What she did was gave a name to God. She said, you are Elroi, the God who sees me. Before this, considering her circumstances, she may have had a lot of other names for God. The God who's silent, the God who doesn't see me, who's far away. But God used the lowest time in her life to reveal himself to her. And so she returned, but held on to his promises, and God was faithful to her. And from the story about Hagar, we should learn that God sees our struggles and mistreatment, our betrayals and our difficulties. He sees everything we go through, and sometimes he calls us to endure these things. But we have to trust him and hold on to his promises and remember that he sees the bigger picture. We may not get that quick fix either, just like Hagar didn't, but we can be assured of his presence because he is the God who sees us. And hope is found in being seen. Think about what it's like when someone sees you, really sees you, gets you, and understands you. It's important to be seen and to be known there's something so powerful about seeing and being seen. It's what we were made for, that fellowship with each other and with God, relationship and love. And our God sees us and loves us, not because of anything we do or because we deserve it, just because we're his people, because we are his children and he is our father. In Genesis 28:15, God tells his people, I am with you and I will watch over you wherever you go. And he does the same for Christians today. So just know that whatever you're facing, you're not alone. You're never alone. Like Hagar, you are seen by God. His love for you is unwavering and he has a hope and a future for you. And so I'd like to end this time with another quick prayer. Lord, Help us always to be secure in knowing that you see us in our struggles and help us to feel your presence through the good times and the bad. Reveal to us what you would have us learn in difficult times. But even more, Lord, remind us to see others the way that you see them. Show us how to love the broken and hurting people in the world the way that you do. And as you see us, let us see them. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join me again next time as we seek to grow closer to our Maker with every step.